Welcome to Space the Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Gieland. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 10th official episode. This week we're reviewing the second week of the NBA and talking about some of the surprises that we've seen and the notable things that we didn't really expect. All right. One of the most one of the most surprising things so far has been just the amount of points that are being put up so far. It's really absurd. <laughs> like, we're consistently having... in the 120 range. Yeah. Like the, the winning team is consistently scoring close to uh, close to or in the in the area of 120 points. And these which aren't is, overtime games. Yeah, and that that is not usual. That's not that's a very recent thing. You know, like yeah. m- I mean, it wasn't a consistent thing in past seasons. You could see it, but that was like impressive wow that team just put up 120 points someone dropped 30 or you know that like it feels like every night half the games are ending with 120 to 110 scores yeah like after the first quarter you're saying oh that's a high scoring quarter where it's like <laughs> 34 to 30 the end of the bulls the, there was a bulls or 76ers game there was watching you know, the bulls scored like 41 points in the first quarter last night the warriors put up i think 40 47 in the fourth Damn. quarter or 41 one of the two man and they only scored they only ended the half of 53 though yeah I know. They, they were tied with the knicks at 53 at the, at the halftime but then they scored 128 in total in the game so yeah there you go but all right so let's talk about though why why the why teams are putting up so much so so many numbers well i i personally think that it's because the nba instituted this new rule that is going into the games. Basically, it's an offensive rebounding rule. Every time a shot goes up and the offensive team gets the rebound, the shot clock doesn't reset to 24 seconds. It goes back to 14. And this may sound minor, but... If you have 10, 10, yeah, le- 10, 10 fewer seconds, seconds, you know, when you, off- get the, when you get the ball back? That does two things. That first, it, it forces... This doesn't necessarily lead to more points, but it forces a team to get up a quicker shot, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a shot that's less favorable, and it also just increases the pace of the game and increases the amount of possessions because there are a lot of offensive rebounds mm-hmm. in an NBA I game. I mean, if you can't just take the offensive rebound, kick it back out, and run a full play again, it it just increases the number of possessions by a significant margin. By a significant margin. Over, over the course, let's say there's you know like 10 offensive rebounds in a game or whatever. It just it adds up. There, so there are I would definitely agree. more than ten offensive rebounds in the game. Okay, okay, but about like one team though. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Um, I would say that. So one one thing that I found is actually very impressive, considering how many, you know, how many points teams are scoring now because of the shot clock clock shot clock rule. I mean, we would we would assume that's from the shot clock rule. That's the major difference from last year. Um, it's just that the Denver Nuggets, a team that we knew would be good offensively has actually been playing very well defensively. If you look at the numbers, only in, in only two of their five games, they've given up 120 points. Yeah, they, they really, they've really stood out. They've been, obviously, there, there have been games where teams don't get over 100. There's been, mm-hmm. like, two of them this year. But there's a repeating pattern where when teams don't get over 120 oh. points, over 110 points, the Denver Nuggets are probably playing. Sorry, I'm a, I'm, I think I misspoke. Um, the Denver Nuggets have only allowed over 100 points in two of their five games not over 120 i think that's what that's what i meant so the denver nuggets have held their team have held their opponent to under 100 points in three of their five games which is impressive considering the the numbers that we're seeing every night like we were just talking about that it's it seems the winning team is consistently scoring 120 points now in those games 
if their team was only scoring the, the other the, you know, the other team was only scoring 95, the Nuggets might only have been scoring 105. But in the two games that the other team scored over 100, and it was it, they you know they didn't score much over 100, I don't think in either game, the the Denver Nuggets scored 120 points in both those games. So the Denver Nuggets. Shout out to Mike Malone for actually getting this team to play defense because we would not expect that from this team. Yeah, everyone was saying that this team would be a top five offense but a bottom five defense, yeah. and that's why they wouldn't be a top three team in the West. Also, shout out to Paul Millsap, though. Paul Millsap missed most of last year with injury, and now that he's back, he he's a very important part of this defense. Honestly, because I don't think he's their defensive anchor, really. I mean, who, who, yeah, he's probably the best He's defender. their best defensive player. I don't think... That that He's major jump is because of Paul in Paul Millsap. Is it a, I, the I improvement think, of like Jokic? Yeah, I think it's the defensive improvement of Nicole Jokic, yeah. especially off of the pick and roll. You I, would not have expected that going this season, yeah, but it's been true. He's been playing a lot better on I defense. I took a look at some advanced numbers, and basically, it just says that teams are a lot less effective in the pick and roll against the Denver against the Denver Nuggets already this season than what they were last season. I think that's really just a testament to the center because. Yeah. Last year, he was getting burned by quick guards <laughs> off the pick and roll. It's like, true. very yeah, yeah. bad. And it was coming to the point where, how good can your defense be with Jokic on your roster? Mm-hmm. But now, obviously, he's okay enough yeah. to where... Like, I'm not he's saying... He's holding it down. He's holding he's it down. He's holding it down. I'm not saying he's even an above-average defensive center. I just think it's yeah. not going to kill you. He's not... Um, I mean, he's not a liability on defense as much as he was last year is the point that we're going Mm -hmm. for, right? It used to be that, like you said, going in the pick and roll, you could just attack Jokic over and over again. It was very hard to stop. As great of a playmaker as he is, as versatile of a scorer as he is, he was a bit of a liability on defense. And so it's a a huge difference that Paul Millsap is back and that Jokic has really stepped it up this year so far on the defensive end. Now, let's move on to the 76ers. Um... In terms of their, they're another surprising team. Yeah, I mean that's sort of the theme of the episode: the surprises. So, their stars, Ben Simmons has not been great. Ben Simmons is averaging like twelve points and like eleven rebounds and eight or nine assists. And well, like that's that's a pretty impressive stat line. I think that just mainly in the points category, we would kind of expect more from Ben Simmons. Um, he hasn't looked very good. I don't know. I, I'm not. I haven't been super impressed with him so far. Honestly, guys, just to put. Just to put some perspective to it, we're we're only five games into the season, five or six. Yeah. But the Philadelphia 76ers are two and three. That's that's bad for for yeah. seeing that most people are expecting to be the third seed in the East. Yeah. Well, they're they're shout still, out to the Bucks, Bucks number three seed, but <laughs> two actually. But there's still three. Undefeated I mean, they're gonna teams. finish the three seed. Oh, Bucks are gonna finish yes. the three seed. Okay, you just hopped on my bandwagon. We'll, we'll talk about. I've that been later. saying Giannis for okay. MVP. Okay. Anyways, there are three teams still in the East that are undefeated. Detroit, Milwaukee, and Toronto. We mm-hmm. we may get to one of them later, but it's weird that Philadelphia. I know it, it's only five games, but Philadelphia is in the bottom half of the conference in terms yeah. of wins and losses, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, but but so I think that so Ben Simmons has yet to really step it up, right? I think he the, a lot. This team really got off to a little bit of a slow start, I think, which is to be expected when they're they got whooped when by they're the Celtics. On yeah, there. yeah. But when they're when your two best players. And then also you're starting Markel Fultz are all like very young guys. It's kind of to be expected. But Joel Embiid, he started off slow. At the beginning of the week, I was thinking that we were going to be writing about how the 76ers have just been, how both of their two you know young stars and Ben Simmons and um, 
Joel Embiid have not really been playing well at all. But Ben Simmons is actually, Joel Embiid has really stepped it up and has gone from averaging like 20 points per game at the beginning of the week to averaging like 30 at this point. He's really, really stepped it up. Because, even though because of that Pistons game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, he no, dropped thirty three in that Pistons Flanner, game. We're talking about this. We're yeah. talking about this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond. We were both watching this live. Live, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, just, I was definitely watching it live. He was watching it live. I think I turned the game on as they were replaying yeah. it, and we kind of had opposing sides a little bit mm-hmm. in that Connor is. I'm a, I'm a, he's a, he's if you haven't heard me talk enough about it, I, I, I love the the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Bucks. And I They're talk, rosters. I love I love the players on those teams. So anytime somebody is talking trash about Joel Embiid, I'm trying to back it okay. up. Okay, and I'm I'm just over here on the phone saying Joel Embiid is being he's being so cocky right now. And how can you be this cocky if you're if you're flopping? Basically, mm. what happened is Andre Drummond already had one tech and. It was near the end of the game, and was it Joel or Andre that scored? Um, I th- I'm not even sure okay, what happened. I, either way, it was it was after a basket, yeah. And I think I think Joel scored, and Andre was going to get the rebound, and like sur- Andre, like kind of like kind of bumped hit, into him, hit, kind of bumped it was, into him. It was his very, elbow went near yeah. his face. Joel Embiid acts like someone threw a haymaker, <laughs> hits the floor, yeah, crying. Yeah, yeah. Like it was it was like it was like. Andre Drummond kind of like raised his elbow and like it, I don't know I'm not even sure it was intentional like barely even like grazed Joel Embiid yeah, and then Joel, Joel Embiid, Embiid totally sold it and like f- you know went flying backwards and basically the refs called a, it as the second tech called yeah called it as so second tech Andre Drummond if you Drummond don't know game, that's that means you're out that means I mean, you're rejected for two techs and so, so Joel Embiid was ta- was still talking trash saying yeah get him out of here get him out of here mm-hmm. afterwards talking about the game saying I have real estate in Andre Drummond's head. Which yeah, I, I've used that line. That's pretty cool. But I mean, it was just right. so. Annoying. So let's talk. Let's I, talk about though. Is is Joel Embiid? Is he? I don't know. I'm gonna say like any, any like bad words, but like, is he a baby for this? <laughs> a baby. Okay. I don't. Okay. So um, I would. I would say that he's not. All right. Let me. Let me make my case. I would say that he's not because I think that it's part of the game. Coward. I think weak baby. Whatever you want to call <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that. He definitely sold the call. Without question, the more I look at the clip, the more I'm like, okay, that was just, like, Andre Drummond was not doing that intentionally. But I think you have to think about that if Andre Drummond already has one tech, that that as Andre Drummond, you have to be super careful that you're not going to do anything wrong. And I don't think that he did anything wrong on that play. But as a ref, I'm sure that just based on that play, if a player already has one tech and he's an all-star, you're probably not going to call him... You're not, probably not going to eject him for doing something if you actually saw what happened, doing something that small. So I would assume that, and I might be wrong, that Andre Drummond was probably throwing some shade, being kind of aggressive in between plays or something like that. That's true. Talking, talking trash. trash. I'm sure that there was other stuff going on, and it was more like that play was the last straw than that was like a full technical fa- foul anyway. Okay, but I, I want to just focus on Joel Embiid's actions because yeah. like... I don't think that's okay. I think that's one taking the weak way out. If you're yes. talking all this trash and saying mm-hmm. he was saying, "Oh, this dude can't guard me" when he's at the free throw yeah, line. Yeah, but but okay. So, but even though it's the weak way out, if you have the opportunity to take to take away the other team's best defensive big, why wouldn't you? If isn't that part of the game? Like, if logically, if you're in Joel Embiid's situation, you know you have the awareness that 
that Andre Drummond has a technical foul already. The refs have seen him talking trash. And that if you sell a call, he's probably out of the game, and that should leave the paint wide open for you to just dominate. Zaza Pachulia is going to have to come into the game. Why wouldn't you? Okay, I don't. If, if I, mean, I was in the game, you yeah, would have done it too. I would have done it too. I don't think it's an okay thing to do if you talk as much trash. Yeah. And you're as yes. cocky as Joel Embiid is. I you just, would rather see when you see Joel Embiid going out and talking trash on Twitter. You would like to go see him back it up with his game. That's not how you back up. I have real estate in Andre Drummond's head. It's not how you back it up. To be fair, like he backs it up with his game, but yeah, like that you that you mm-hmm. it take it delegitimizes it. Yeah. To be fair, also I saw that. So so Andre Drummond also sort of talks some trash back. He said that Joel Embiid was fat, out of shape. And Do you that, say fat? I yes. saw, I saw he, he said, said fat and out of shape, I think. Um, and that and that um, Andre Drummond said that he was clamping Joel Embiid up, and that was why he did it. I don't think Joel Embiid was getting clamped up that game, to be honest. No, he was not getting Yeah, I mean, Joel Embiid scored 33 points, and, and and it wasn't like he scored all of them, and like right after Andre Drummond got ejected. It was like he definitely had at least 20, 25 points by the time Andre Drummond got ejected. That is not getting clamped up. You know who else didn't get clamped up in that game? Is Blake, Blake Griffin. Griffin. <laughs> Blake Griffin went for fifty on the nose. What do you mean? Dude, that, that that was that's so a career high. high too. And I was watching. All right, so I was watching a lot. I wa- I turned it on for like the second half. Blake Griffin had like what twenty five points in the thing in the f- no no no. It was over. He, he it was like thirty in the first half. Yeah, in the first half. So I was watching the second half and I was like, I saw him scoring a few buckets here and there, but I was like, how would how does he have fifty uh, like? Or so he only scored like. By the end of re- of like regular time, he only had like forty five. So basically, I saw him probably score fifteen points, and 17. miss a lot of shots. But I didn't turn on right at the, right okay. at halftime. Okay. But I saw him, I saw him missing a lot of shots. But then when you go back and look at the box box score, he must have shot a crazy high field goal percentage in the first half because he was like twenty for thirty five on the game. <laughs> it was a very very impressive game. Definitely in the first half. The second half, it was kind of quiet to be honest. But it was like. The fact that he's coming down the court and making threes, the fact that they're giving him the ball and saying, go get a bucket, and they're like running a pick and roll for him. Since when does Blake Griffin do that? We are not used to seeing that. Yeah, it was really exciting. To Maybe see I him. haven't watched enough Pistons, but... <laughs> no, it was, re- it was really exciting. I know he was injured for part of last year, but it was really exciting to see Blake Griffin be dominant and be mm-hmm. look like a top 10 and 15 player, which we haven't seen since he was like yeah. three years ago in L.A., I would say. Do you think that this could potentially be a thing? Is Blake Griffin back? I mean, he's getting up there in age, so I would think that like that his prime would probably have been is probably passing just because his game is so much based on his athleticism. I think that is that he's coming to the tail end of his prime for sure, and so it's kind of a shame that that he's been injured a lot. How how old is Blake? Do you know? No, right. I'll look at it. I don't know, but it's. If he, I think that if he can stay on the court, though, he's definitely still got a couple solid years left. Whether that, whether you can actually build like a contending team about around Blake Griffin, though, I'm not really sure. Blake Griffin is 29. Okay, so he's probably he's definitely got a, a few years left in his prime for sure. But but for for a guy that his entire game for his entire career has been based on him playing above the rim, dunking on everyone. Well, yeah, you could say that, especially early. But I would say that it's not like he's overwhelming you and getting these scoring opportunities with physicality i think that's just how mm. he finishes a place i think i think blake griffin has be been fair. so great because he has some of the best handles we've ever seen from a power forward 
I'm, his playmaking is much improved. That's that's a big difference from what we saw, you know, sort of early in his career. Is mm-hmm. that like I, I would say like two years ago, prime Blake. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I saw in a video from a funky diabetic that Blake Griffin, in terms of percentiles, was in the was like elite at being mm-hmm. the ball handler in the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a trait that he has. So I think that since a lot of his points from two nights ago in the 51 performance 51 point performance were off of pick and rolls where he's the yeah. ball handler i think that that could be effective with andre drummond i think yeah i'm under the opinion that blake griffin is almost all the way back i would say he's a top 20 player all right i'm not i'm not so sure that it's like that based on one, you know, fifty-one point game. But um, to be fair, he's had he's had a lot of he, like all of his games so far have been like pretty solid. Um, and we'll get to that later in the episode when we talk about sort of our best players so far. But to be fair, like I don't, I just don't think that. I'm not sure that he can really keep this up for a full season. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not super convinced. I'm not ready to say Blake is back. But okay. But I do think that it's definitely been impressive. I don't, and I don't think that the. I don't think the. You know the the Pistons are still undefeated, but I don't think that the Pistons are gonna are gonna finish with like a top four seed in the East. Yeah, could they be I, the five seed? Maybe, but even that seems a little bit like a I, little I would, bit of a stretch. I would give them the six or the seven. Yeah, I don't think that they'll they'll finish above the Pacers. Yeah, or the yeah. Bucks. I'll have the Bucks <laughs> in the top four. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's let's talk about the Celtics too. So even though the Celtics are three and two, I would say that we expected more than than the level they're playing at would you yeah. agree just because they don't look good the only good <laughs> game that they've won that they've the looked like the top yeah. three team in the league was the philadelphia the Sixers, 76ers yeah. on opening night and that was also saying the philadelphia 76ers haven't played well uh their other wins are against the thunder and the knicks against the knicks the celtics should have beat the knicks by 30 that's just what yeah it is. They also, only won by two. They won by two yeah, against w- the Knicks without Chris Stapps. And I think that Kev- was Kevin Knox even in that game? No. He might, he might have been no. injured too, yeah. that should they, The Knicks should not be I, and yeah. base, in most games right now. The, Knicks. the Knicks should be losing to basically everyone right now. Okay. And also, their last win came against the Thunder. I watched that game live. Russell, like, the Thunder had that game in the uh-huh. bag. They were up by more than 10, like do- double digits in the fourth quarter. And with... Four minutes and fourteen seconds left. I'm pretty sure they were they're up, on a big. They, they were up nine or ten. Yeah. And Russell Westbrook choked that game away. Like mm. he he just handed it to the Boston Celtics. Yeah. They should not have won that game. The, they didn't the, th- even play the well. Celtics only won that game by six too. Their yeah. wins are coming close, no, except t- for except for against the 76ers. Yeah. But their I'm, wins are I'm close. I'm just saying they, even in their wins, especially against the Thunder, which is the most mm. legitimate team that they would have beat, they just got handed the game because Russell yeah. Westbrook went 0 for seven from the field in fourth quarter. Man, and also. They they lost to twelve by the Raptors and I, I, I definitely that, us definitely us and pretty much everybody else who's talking about basketball would have said that the Celtics were going to finish as the one seed in the East and the Raptors would be two. I don't put that much weight on that. I think yeah, that the yeah. Raptors are also mm-hmm. an amazing the, defensive team. I think Kawhi Leonard's a top five six player in the NBA. I think it, every time these two face, it could really go either way. I actually, that's true. I that's true. Don't put that it, much. you shouldn't you shouldn't say that this is going to be who wins the East is based on this matchup. But the fact that the Raptors team, who just got a new star, like whose team is totally revamped, basically, they, they, that they lost that team by 12 is not very 
it's not it's not a good look for the Celtics is what I'm trying to say. But I think that maybe the biggest reason that they're that they're that they're that we're sort of disappointed in the way they're playing isn't even their record as so much as just the their offense looks stagnant. It just looks like it's kind of like not very fluid. It, it looks kind of like everything's stuck. Kyrie's not playing well. He, I mean, he's he's just he hasn't he's, been shooting. He's not well. making. He's not shots. doing Kyrie things. We just expect we expect Kyrie to be one of the best scoring offensive point guards in the league, and he has not been that so far. I personally don't think that the Celtics' struggles are notable, except for the fact that their shot selection hasn't been that good. Yeah, primarily coming with Jason Tatum, I think his shot selection. I, I just think mm. the offense has been working, but, so they give him the ball with five seconds left, and he has to put up a yes. shot. But, I, I mean, I was also going to say, so the ISOs for Jason Tatum, do you think that's actually kind of smart, though, because you're kind of training him to be your superstar for the future, to be kind of like no, you're the have best the idea the that East. he can take over the ball? Because you're the best or second-best team in the East. I yeah. Think. I mean, you're, you are trying to win now, so you don't want to hand Jason Tatum the ball and say go get a bucket at the expense of your record. But if if you're trying to integrate that as a big part of your offense, I think that makes sense. But the thing is... It kind of it kind of looks like they're they're giving Jason Tatum the ball a lot, but they're not using scorers like Al Horford, Gordon Hayward, and especially Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is spending a lot of the game sort of standing around and not actually just being a catch and shoot kind of player. Yeah, I, I think in in teams like this, someone has to sacrifice. I think yeah, Al Horford obviously centers aren't necessarily in Brad Stevens' offense. They're integral, but they don't score too much i think yeah. i wasn't that surprised jalen brown but he's been I, I but he's been I, a pretty big scorer in the past i mean who Al like, yeah i mean he's like he's he's in like the, he's 30 something he's pretty yeah, yeah yeah all right that's fair but also sorry uh jalen brown i think that someone has to kind of give yeah because i think i think he's the most deserving to not but but why aren't you just as as Brad Stevens or as the Celtics organization, why aren't and Brad Stevens is the best coach in the league or second best coach in the league, depending on who you ask? Um, why aren't you just getting everybody involved in like some kind of motion offense and just finding better shots? I just think it's that the five haven't played together. Yeah, that's at true. all. So that's I, true. I think that'll be fixed with time. All right, the Thunder still haven't won. They're zero and four. To be fair, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook was <laughs> Rus- Russell Westbrook missed two of those games. They lost twice to the or no sorry they lost to the Clippers the Celtics the Kings and the Warriors. The Clippers um the Clippers and Kings probably you would expect them to win. Yes, uh, I didn't even realize that they lost to the Kings. Yeah, the Warriors make sense. The Celtics make sense, but the Celtics have not. We were just talking about the Celtics have not been superb so far. And also so. they they played well that game. The Celtics did not, and they should have won it. And they just. Mm-hmm. They just didn't they really kind have of that. The yeah, the they game, didn't really have that factor that you want in a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But it's been a little bit concerning that Paul George was the first option for a couple games when Westbrook is out, and he did not. He just looked like he forgot how to play with the ball in his hands the whole game. As the first option. Yeah, this is the guy who was leading the Pacers to the Eastern Conference Finals and playing competitive series against the Heat when LeBron was there. That was like. Those were good Eastern Conference, you know, finals teams that he was leading as the first option. So what happened? Why why was he taking such bad shots? Why was he, you know, just not playing like we you know, we would expect that when Russell Westbrook you know, we say that oh, people play better as soon as Westbrook leaves. 
Why did Paul George not step it up? I don't get it. Maybe it's because people don't play well with Russell Westbrook. But, but, what, when, but I'm saying when Russell Westbrook was out for two games, oh, yeah, why yeah, was okay. Paul George as the first option? Why was he not just going off like he was in, in Indiana? I really don't that, know. It doesn't make sense, right? I think it's very notable. He just forgot how to play as the first option. It's weird. I wonder if they would ever blow it up. I wonder if this performance yeah. has has changed anything? Has lowered Paul George's trade value. Mm. I mean, that's we'll very see. ambitious to say that the Thunder would trade Paul George. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I think see. it's more likely that he... When is he a free agent? How long was the deal he just signed? Four years. Okay, yeah, so... Yeah, we got a minute. <laughs> All right. Um, it's too early to say that you can't win with Westbrook, I think. you. It's still very hard. It's 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 very hard to say that, I think, about any player. But this is really just not helping his case. I don't think case. it's too early. It, this is not helping his case. I've been saying it for two years. I mean, I said it during his two, MVP season, and everyone can't hated win with me. Westbrook? And everyone hated me. I, 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 it definitely at times looks like you can't win with Westbrook, that players are better as soon as they leave Westbrook. But I also I don't want to say that about any player. As With any player who says whose talent is as elite as Westbrook, I don't want to say that. I'm still hesitant to say that. But it's kind of looking like it, to be honest. Yeah, all, all right. right. <laughs> well, this isn't a surprise, but I kind of want to just talk about the Warriors. Yeah. I'm pretty sure... Curry and Durant going off. Yeah, they, they're 5-1. and one. All right, but, okay, so actually one thing that is very... <laughs> before we get to Curry and Durant, one thing that's very surprising to me, Clay Thompson, averaging 15 points per game. That's not bad. But he's 12%, maybe 13% from three. That is horrendous. Yeah, From one of the best shooters of all time to be four for 31 so far this season, that is not good. Yeah, yeah. but I was watching the <laughs> – sorry, I have a, I have a cough. Um, I was watching the Knicks game last night, and the announcer says even the greatest shooters – have cold streaks and have slumps. Yeah. I, I think that's just true. I hate to just be like, no, that but, doesn't count. But four but. for 31 over the course of like five, six games to still be that bad? I mean, I understand. But like, it's not like he's not getting... I understand if you're the first option, right, and you're having to take tough shots. Sometimes they're going to go in, sometimes they're not. But if you're Clay Thompson... And, Trey Young. <laughs> okay. If you're Clay Thompson and... You know, Steph Curry is averaging 33. KD is averaging 30. You are getting open shots. And when you watch <laughs> the team, you, he is getting open threes. But he's not making yeah, them. I was watching. And I was he's like, not the making Knicks, them. I was, telling, I was talking with, uh, with my friend about the Knicks game, and they're just leaving Clay Thompson open. They like, were no, leaving no, 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 a little no, bit. No, a little bit. Not, not, in not on purpose. No, yeah, not yeah, on right. purpose. But he we was... Like, we would just get so lucky. He was standing he on an miss. island by himself in the corner and not making it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just he, he would be open, and we and I was I was getting so yeah. angry. I'm like, why, why is the Knicks defense so yeah. bad? And then we just didn't give up that many points until the fourth quarter because uh-huh. no one could make a shot. I heard one of the announcers say, like, Clay Thompson is 4 for 28 so far from 3. And I was like, oh, my God, that's really bad. And then I look at the end of the game, and he's 4 for 31 on the season. <laughs> I'm like, how do you miss? He still didn't make a shot. <laughs> And like three more times or whatever. But, all right, let's talk about, so, so far, if you were going into the season, knowing how the game of basketball is played, knowing what's a good play and what's a bad play, but you have no influence from the NBA media and have never, like, watched the NBA before, like, this season. Only who this are the season. Yeah, so You've just only- this season and no influence from the media. 
or your friends. You or your no friends. Basketball you have no, so you have watched every second of every NBA game so far this season, but you have no outside input. All the, and, and the only basketball you've watched is just this, you know, these like five or six games for every team. We're talking about who are the best players so far. Uh, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but like guys like Blake Griffin are at the top of the list. All right, ready? Listen to this. Blake Griffin, 34 points, 11 assists, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists per game-ish. And his team is 4-0. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> what? Why is Blake Griffin looking like one of the best players in the league? We talked about we, before, but we like... about it. Yeah, I mean... I, I would say guys on the list would obviously be Giannis, because his team is also... Yes. His team is 5-0. He's averaging 26, 26 16, six, and 7. Yeah, 26, 16, and <laughs> That's 7. That's my MVP. Uh, okay. <laughs> and, and my MVP, I've changed it from James Harden. James Harden's not winning. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay. My, my okay, no, no, no. Let's talk, about, let's talk about James Harden, why James Harden is not on this list. If you looked at statistics alone, I was looking at you know, sort of at like basketball reference, and I was like, all right, who's having the best season so far? James Harden is averaging 29, 6, and 9-ish. That puts my But his team is 1 in 4. And I didn't put them. I didn't put the Rockets as a surprise team because. So you're saying Anthony Davis in 2016 wasn't a top seven player. Okay, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying that I, that if you had, if you have no influence from the media, you're not going to say that James Harden is one of the best players this year because his team is one in four. And now, given you have to, you have to realize that. Chris Paul was suspended, and James Harden, I think, didn't play in like their he most recent play, game. Yeah, he yeah. didn't play in their most recent game. But one and four is a little bit concerning for for a team that's supposed to be the second best team in the for West. Houston Rockets for the guy that's the, the last year's MVP. They need a uh, someone to step I can't up. Put, I can't. Carmelo Anthony, twenty four <laughs> points last night. That is what's up. Connor Geelan said that Trevor Rizzo was better for the Rockets' offense than Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, he is. You're still gonna say that? Yeah, we're we're all right, all right. Like, off off mic. We've we've had this conversation. We've had this debate for the last two weeks. Ever since I said <laughs> it. Okay. Anyways, all right. going down the list to like my MVP. Yeah. yeah. Kawhi Leonard uh, has been. Facts. He's been definitely one of the best players because his team is six and zero, and he's averaging twenty seven, eight and three. Mm-hmm. And he's just been. Like even his defense has been amazing, and he's buying into his team, yeah, which yeah. I think is notable. I mean, he he had a diving uh, steal. That was, was that was wild. That yeah, was a that nice was very, play. That's very impressive. He's going. He's definitely going all out. But I think the most impressive thing has just been like we knew that Kawhi Leonard and this team would come in and lock down the other team. That was a given. This team is probably has looked like the best defensive team in the league right this so far. Maybe the Jazz Maybe too, the I guess. Jazz. Yeah, but. What's been really surprising is how seamlessly their offense has all come together, and that there are times they'll just give Kawhi the ball, and you and I. De- I know I definitely I remember Ka- thinking that Kawhi Leonard is a top three player in the league, behind LeBron and KD. I was saying that two years ago, but I kind of forgot his ability to just like go out and get a bucket because he's so quiet and his like personality is so quiet. You just. It's kind of easy to forget that he's so he looks so unguardable at times. Yeah, he does. Right, like you could like if you go watch like the highlights from like the ways he is scoring, it's like he's you know just like it's like he's hitting pull up jump shots and like dunking on everybody and then like hitting a step back and like crossing someone over and then like bodying someone inside. I don't I don't know. It's just like he's doing everything on offense. It's very impressive. Yeah, that's that's very impressive. Uh, also, I, I noticed that Steph Curry 
We, we have to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, fifty-one, my greatest player of all time. <laughs> not, not, not really, but like my favorite player of all time, Steph Curry, went for fifty-one. Man, but the thing is, it's not just one game. That's you know. So all right, so Blake Griffin went for fifty-one. Steph Curry went for fifty-one. But Curry's consistently putting up like thirty-three, five, and six. Yeah. Like the fifty-one point game, no one in NBA history has ever done that. Like in in the manner no that other, in the manner with that eleven he did threes it. and you with know a, and you mean okay, but not even but but he, that's Steph not even the record. Has, he yeah, said yeah, that's Steph his own record is thirteen. Yeah, right? Steph Curry has shot thirteen threes in the game. This was the most, I would say, this is the most absurd shooting performance I've ever seen. Really? Just because, not in terms of oh, like that's that's a great shooting performance. In terms of just absurd because out of the out of the eleven made threes, I would say nine of them were contested. <laughs> we're just like bad shots. Yeah, no, like not even bad shots is in far away. Bad shots is in like people were hand up face. in his face. Where I don't know how anyone could get the shot off. Yeah, no, and he it got is, off. He got. <laughs> if anybody else in the league was taking these shots, he would just be on shacked in a fool. Like, what are you doing? Or they, or they would just uh, get blocked because they just. No, that's true. Because Steph Curry has the fastest release in the league. Bro, it was just, right. it was so does, it, does it ever upset you how he does that thing where he'll like, he'll take a shot and like I love in the it. air he'll like turn into a ball it. like he'll just kind of like wrap himself up <laughs> like what do you do like, he you wraps I mean? himself up like he just like he he shoots and like d- like before he even releases the ball he's like tr- he's like curling up into a ball you know you know what I mean yeah, can yeah, you picture yeah. that yeah I did. like. Like he, he does he that, like I'm getting fouled, like the yes. M one threes. I love that. And the thing is, he does that all the time, and it never gets called. And I don't know how you do that and still make the shot. Like, yeah, does he practice that? Impressive. Like, <laughs> he, he must. Some, like gymnastics, three pointers. I don't even know what that is, but that's impressive. Uh, also, KD, his teammate. I would say that he wouldn't be really on this list except for what he did to the Knicks last night. Like, 41, right? Yeah, he just he dominated us, bro. It was very depressing because we almost won. We just we said, were up 10, and then KD was like, okay, I'm, I'm stopped playing around. <laughs> I'm, I actually kind of want to win this game. And he proceeded to, I don't have the number, in consecutive possessions, I'm pretty sure he made 13 points. Just he just outscored the Knicks in you yeah. know in a span of like seven. Like, that's minutes. what Katie will do. That's great. Like that's what he does. It was so depressing, bro. <laughs> we it's easy to forget that like with Steph Curry on your team, with Clay Thompson on the team, with you know four All Stars on the team, that Kevin Durant is one of the best scorers of all time, and that's the kind of stuff he can do. Yeah, it was so demoralizing. Just, just like when he feels like in. it, just everything went in. When he feels like it, he's gonna go out and just outscore the other team. Given it's the Knicks, but given it's the Knicks, shout out to Tim Hardaway Jr. But that's he's not shout one. Shout out he's to Frank Nilakina. Oh, he was kind of going off. Yes, not gonna he lie. Was. Last surprise, Frank Nilakina, uh, on ball, kind of locked up Steph Curry. Off ball, mm-hmm. not really, but on ball, kind of locked up Steph Curry. Went for 17, 13 in the first half, and hit three or four threes. I think mm-hmm. everyone sleeps on him. It's so demoralizing <laughs> are people still sleeping on frank neal yeah of course they are i'm not even really sure i'm like i don't are. even really know what to think about frank neal i like i love him but also like i'm a little bit disappointed you know yes oh yeah i don't know we'll see all right but but all right let me let me say one thing steph and kd when they're when so one of them is always going to be hot that's what's so beautiful about this warriors team one of their four players you know one of their four all-stars i guess this year with boogie it's five one of their four all-stars is always going to be hot. Even if the other three are cold, or the other four are cold, 
someone's going to be putting the ball in the basket. Yeah. What's so amazing right now through the first five, six games that the Warriors have played is that both Curry and Durant are not missing. Yeah, that's, that's so scary. <laughs> and that that's scary. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Space the Floor NBA Podcast. You can go follow us on Instagram at Space the Floor Podcast and on Twitter at Space the Floor. Leave a comment saying what you thought was the biggest surprise so far. Yeah. If you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. Thank Better you for be listening. five stars. Yeah. <laughs> Give us uh, if you're listening on YouTube, like this video. That that always helps. Subscribe. And, yeah, subscribe. And thank you for listening. My name is Connor Gielen. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Adios. Peace.